Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, how are you today, my brother? I'm doing great. Great. How are you doing, buddy? Did it hit 100 today, do you think? I... It's darn close if it didn't <laughs> hit like it. It, it, it certainly seems like it. I walk into rooms and I go, air conditioning, evidence that God loves me. <laughs> the air conditioning in this place is pretty powerful because it run, it's a single unit for just the studio. Yeah. And it was having a hard time breaking 70, so it's hot. We're in San Diego. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, yeah come on. Oh, it, it. it rained. Oh, no. <laughs> so... It's just been extraordinary. And one thing I wanted to slip in on this intro here is that we're closing in on our 100th episode. It's amazing. Isn't that, that amazing? I, I just, it, it doesn't feel that way. No, it doesn't. It's like a flash, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really is. This last week, what we did is took a summer break yeah. and then said, hey, go pick a episode and tell us what you like about it. Just go investigate or re-listen to that kind of thing. Well, I've been getting the emails. Oh, I said, really? if you email me, you're going to get a fabulous prize. And I said to Elizabeth today, what's our fabulous prize? She goes, what about an autographed picture of you and Matt? And I went, I think your definition of fabulous. Oh, yeah, right. That's <laughs> just not a, even a prize. A little bit off. No, I haven't had a request for that at all from for either one of us. But we've really got to put our, our imagination in work for the 100th episode. Yeah. Because that's going to be yeah, way Yeah, we got to do something special for yeah. sure. Yeah. We got something special for today, We man. sure do. Yeah, we sure do. I don't want to go in depth because we're going to do this in a, in a future episode. But we had a retro worship night last night that unfortunately one of the biggest fans of retro worship was on the road and couldn't come and it was you yeah i can't believe it yeah i know they should have discussed this with you inject your calendar but there was so many things that happened first of all just the where were you when you heard this delirious song uh -huh. first you know when they opened up the gates and let the worship play and all of those songs this was everything before 1990 oh man that was kind so of the cool. theme of, it was way cool so i got to be there with my little worship queens emma and abby up front little luke and it was unbridled it was just untethered it was crazy i love it i love hearing stories like this it's yeah. just it, it just excites my soul my spirit just leaps for joy i'm so happy you and i talked about doing something special because how special that is yeah yeah but i won't get into the details of it but i talked to dr brian linskis our good friend who's been on the podcast yeah. who has a like 10 million download low-carb MD. And he also has Life's Best Medicine, which mm. I listened to. And basically, that was a response to attacks against him on Twitter because he used the word having faith and blessing. And so he got attacked for, well, you're not a scientist and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, he never saw such chaos and, and hatred that came out. So he just started a new podcast. That's so awesome. And, and he still does low-carb I mean, MD, and they should check it. But this is Life's best medicine he's been on our show i've been on his show and it's wonderful it's really cool so i was talking to him he said you know what i had this episode it was a couple weeks ago and it was chris oldham and jordan hill and jordan hill works at 121 church I don't know exactly what 121 stands for but it's like 315 is what i'm thinking mm. we'll have to look that one up but he starts telling me the story about this interview with Jordan Hill and Chris Oldham. And I'll just give one little part of it. 
Chris is straight arming Jordan because Jordan's trying to share Jesus with him. And they go to the same church. It's just that Chris is not a Christian. <laughs> and so he keeps doing the old Jim Dealing thing. Jim Dealing used to say, yeah, I'll, be, I'll see a church, I'll see a church, and he never go. And he'd blow everybody off. He stiff-armed him. Mm. And I think I, I want to call this, this episode stiff-armed because finally Chris doesn't stiff-arm him. Wow. And I thought, this is a cool episode for people who are at church, people who are in church, and they've been trying to share Jesus with people, and they've been just working on it, and they get stiff-armed all the time. And then what happens at Panera <laughs> Come on, is our kind of story. That's cool. So I thought, you know what? We could have Chris and Jordan on here. That's easy enough. We could do that. But what if... We just introduced all of our friends of Scent 315 to Brian Linskis's Life's Best Medicine. I love it. So he said, sure, and he sent us the interview. Wow. And everyone, I want you to buckle up and listen to Brian Linskis interviewing Chris Oldham and Jordan Hill. Okay, Life's here we go. Life's Best Medicine. <laughs> Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Life's Best Medicine podcast. Man, this this one may be interesting. We have three knucklehead guys, you know, no moderators, just us. But I heard these guys, you know, I think Chris posted something on Twitter and I saw it and it caught my attention. And it it was really, uh, these guys embody why I started this podcast of like us guys have to stick together and we have to help each other and be an example. And and it's hard to share your faith and it's hard to like reach out to someone. And, and so it's so awesome. I have Chris Oldham and jordan hill here so tell this story chris tell the story going back like your life what was going on and how you guys cross paths and how you have influenced each other's lives yeah man so uh i'll just kind of start uh kind of in the middle so i joined the navy in 2012 um and i i was stationed in japan for about three years while i was in japan uh i actually got married uh, to a girl that I had met while I was in Hawaii. And uh, shortly before I got out of the Navy, about a year before I got out, uh, my father passed away. And uh, it was really devastating for me. Uh, you know, I, I started abusing alcohol. Uh, I, I went on antidepressants. I was diagnosed with severe depression uh, with alcohol abuse. Uh, that started to affect my marriage uh, pretty significantly. We were having issues before, but then this just kind of pushed it even further into uh, the the realm of like uh, bad things happening, right? Like things, we weren't getting along, things like that. And then uh, I get out of the Navy and I moved back to Dallas with my uh, with my wife at the time. And she actually was the one who, got plugged in to 121. And so I'm actually very grateful for her because if it wasn't for her getting plugged into 121, I would have never met Jordan. I would have never met Ashley, his wife. I would have never met all the amazing, wonderful people that I, I had the chance to meet at my last church. And so I'm super grateful for that. And uh, I started going with her to this life group. I, you know, I wasn't a believer. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't even know if Jesus existed at the time. Like I like personally, right. I knew all these people in front of me did because they would preach the gospel to me uh, almost every time I would show up to that life group. And 
Was it was weird for you, like huh? because I was I was I didn't grow up in a Christian family either, and my wife yeah. dragged me into like church and all that kind of stuff. So, was it weird for you going there, or did you like you had no experience before with church? No, and, and like so I did grow up going to church. It wasn't with my family. Uh, it's more just like a social uh, aspect of it, right? I found friends that went to church, and I thought, man, that would be something I want to you know be a part of. And I think that was more or less an escape from the other half of my life because uh you know i was also dealing with my mom uh being an alcoholic as i was growing up and uh just like a kind of a not a good home situation and so i went to church but it was more or less just for the community i never actually received the gospel even though it was preached to me it was like a wall was up right like i just didn't get it you know and uh it wasn't until I met Jordan Hill, right, who for a year faithfully pursued me, trying to sit down, have conversations with me one-on-one. He uh, he invited me out to lunch, I don't know how many times, and I would tell him, oh, yeah, man, like, I'll go, and then I wouldn't show up, or I would just straight up ignore his text. It's so funny, too, because I still have one of his uh, group me texts that he sent me, the very first one in 2019, it was like April time frame, and I just ignored it. All he said was, hey, man, let's go grab lunch. I ignored it. And then fast forward, you know, uh, five, six months later in October, and I find myself sitting across uh, Jordan at a Panera Bread, right? I had just came back from Florida. So uh, July of 2019, my wife, my ex-wife and I had decided to go ahead and split and I, I left. I just ran away to Florida thinking, uh, you know, if I disappeared and I went somewhere else that all my problems would stay where I left and I would be free from them uh, when I got to Florida. And I got there and that wasn't the case, obviously, right? Like all that stuff followed me. And uh, so alcohol was still a struggle. All the alcohol, life. everything, everything was still a struggle. I was still lonely. I was still mad. I was still sad. Like I still had that like double mindedness was one thing that I really struggled with my whole life. Right. The, and that was kind of why I went to church. Uh, yeah. You know, you're the only one, right? Huh? You know, you're the only one in the world with that problem, right? right. <laughs> no, that's sure, a massive right? problem. I mean, double minded, we go to church on Sunday, then we're a jerk the rest of the week. And then, you, right. you know. <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was a really big struggle because I wanted to do, I wanted to do right. And I saw the value of living a, a moral life. But I just had this like pool that was so powerful and so strong back into my sin. And I just I saw Christian and Christians and Christianity as something that I could never live up to. Right. I was like, I don't want to be held accountable to God because I know I'm going to fail. So I'd rather and I got to stop doing the fun stuff, too. And that's kind of right. a drag, right? You're like, I, right. you know, it's hard. And then especially if you have addiction issues going on, there's so much in the picture. So, Jordan, how? What was your experience growing up? Were you, were you a Christian your whole life or did people impact you? How did you end up and what made you pursue this this knucklehead? <laughs> yeah. So I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I grew up in a really great household. Both my parents love the Lord, love each other. I, it was modeled really well. I really believe I was in the second grade in Miss Pugh's class with Martha Pugh. She shared the gospel with us. And I think God grabbed my heart then. I really do. But I used to like put him in a box as if he can. And like I was an athlete, um, ended up so 
what I would do is like, I'd kind of open up my Bible on like a Sunday when we go or like on a Wednesday or like before a big game. Cause I wanted to like, I feel like I got to get some, make sure I'm good with God before. So I could get some hits. Like that's just kind of how I thought and went off, play college baseball. And from there, uh, truthfully kind of experienced some failure for like the first time in my life. If I'm honest, like I went to a really good program, had some success and, but then I got hurt, felt some failure there. And my whole identity was just rocked. And especially like you, I think we can, especially as men, we're called to create, we're called to cultivate. Uh, and so like our jobs are important. The stuff we do is important and you want to be good at it, but it's not your identity. And when my, like, when there was basically nothing I can do and the thing that I was so good at all my life, the thing that would like give me praise, I now was like failing at, it just rocked me. And, and then you're like, God, where are you? I need your help 100%. right now. And I'm struggling and I'm getting hurt. I'm getting, you know, all this kind of stuff uh-huh. happening for sure. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. And in reality, what he was doing was he was just like shaping me and helping me see like, no, there's a deeper identity that you have. Uh, and it's in me and in the fact that I'm a beloved son of his. Uh, and that just set me off uh, to just pursue him more with like whole life. I then ended up getting into college coaching. So coached collegiate uh, for a while. That's what got me to Dallas. I was coaching at Dallas Baptist University. Uh, my baseball career was taken off. And then just the pull to ministry got too strong. Um, and it was just like, I remember in the baseball coaching world, especially collegiately and to the level that I got to, when you step out, you're out. Like there's just no, there's pretty much almost no way of getting back in. Uh, but I just knew this is what God wanted me to do. And so ended up at 121 Community Church. I was attending there. And then came on staff there and still on staff there today as our men's men's and group minister. So I oversee all of our men discipleship and then oversee our group's discipleship that we do. Uh, we're in Grapevine, Texas. And yeah, so my wife and I, my wife's name is Ashley. We've got two kiddos. I'm in my son's, my son's room. <laughs> um, and we were leading a young adults group and we meet Chris's, uh, Chris's former wife. And she's just talking to us about just uh, her husband, kind of her life situation, everything like that. And so we were just kind of loving on her, praying for her, kind of talking her through her stuff. And I just would say, Hey, just invite them. Like, just tell them to come. We do like some specific things. Like we do like a game night. And I was like, this is an easy invite. Just like tell them to come and just hang out. Cause she would always say, he just thinks Christians are weird. And and I was like, well, we're all weird. Like, so <laughs> you can just tell them already hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So he came to a game night and I remember the first time meeting Chris, I, it was just, I was so, it was great to meet him. I've been praying for him and, you know, I, I wish, I wish I had a picture of Chris before, because like you guys are seeing this, like this big old smile, big white teeth. And it's just like, it's, it's just ear to ear. Uh, and I mean, I could just see the hurt he had then it like even gives me emotional thing about it. I just like, I could just see like he was just hurting. He was in pain. Uh, you could see like just the shame that he had. Uh, and I don't mean that like arrogantly because like I, I've been there before, but it's just like I could just see it. Like, no, he, I think the Lord gives you compassion, allows you to see and go, gosh, I want to help you so bad. Are you it's like as a doctor, it's like, will you take this medicine or will you make yeah. this lifestyle change or will you try to get some more sleep or not, maybe not fight with everyone in your life? You know, and you want to help him with that medicine that, you know, helped you. You right. know, so that's the hard thing is that like the person's a skeptic going, this isn't going to help me. It's like nothing could help me. Right. I, I don't I don't deserve any of this stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I, so we would just invite him to game nights. And then like, he came one time to like, when we did like an official time uh, and I was like, sweet, we got him. Like he's, he's starting to come in. And then it was that night he like came up to me after. And I had been text like Chris said, I had been texting him, called him, had, I think twice, like we set up a time and he didn't, show, he just didn't show up. And uh, so I, I think it's a good reminder of like how the Lord does pursue us and, I think so often we can go that dude's that dude's too far gone and I'm just going to stop. But like, I mean, praise God, he never did that for me. So like, it, I, I can't change anybody anyways. It's all the Lord. So it's my job just to scatter seeds. So like, just send a text. Hey, what are you doing? If he ignores you, who cares? It's, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I And so I just kept doing that, kept doing that. And then, so he's at our fit, like when we were doing a time where we were studying the word and he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to Florida. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, just packing up everything. I need to just start over and get a new life. And I, I, I don't know if you remember this, Chris. I was like, I was like, man, that's a big move. I want you to know this, like here for you if you need anything. And Chris was off. And I just remember like just praying for him. Cause I I'll keep kind of a list of just people that I'm praying for. And he was one of those guys of, uh, so I was just praying for him. And then I get a text from his, uh, no, I saw her the next Sunday. Uh, I saw her, her a, a Sunday later and his, his wife said, Hey, uh, he's back in town. And I was like, Whoa, okay. So shot him a text and said, Hey, I heard you back in town. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm taking you to lunch. And he said, great. I'll see you there. And I was like, perfect. I think I even said, they're like, I'm buying you lunch. This is a free meal. Come get it. <laughs> yeah, no guy's gonna pass up a free lunch, man. I was 100%. broke too at the time. So that was perfect. <laughs> when you're broke too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how it and I was like, okay, great. Now in the back of my head, you know, part of me is thinking, okay, we've done this before, but like you never know just that one time. And then yeah, we went to we went to Panera and everything changed there. It was amazing. What happened, Chris? What happened? You walk in, you're like, oh no, I'm gonna meet with this guy. And like I'm gonna cry talking about this. I literally cry every time. It's all right, man. If I was here, I, I give you Kleenex. I have them in my, in my uh, office. Yeah, it's okay. I'll just like I'll just put it on my shirt. Okay. So <laughs> I come back from Florida, right? And at this point in time in my life, like I am devastated. I'm the lowest I think I've ever been in my life, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically. Uh, you know, I had not been exercising when I got out of the Navy. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any of that connection. And then on top of that, I had literally just up and left like my, my ex, you know, former wife, my, my dogs, like all of that stuff. I just left. Right. And that's not something a man does. Right. And I knew that in my heart. And so when I came back, I was just very shameful, very broken, uh, still dealing with depression, right. Uh, hopeless. Uh, just, I had this understanding at this point in my life that there was nothing that I could do to fix my life or to make it go well. Like it didn't, it just seemed like I always kept running into these roadblocks. And so I'm sitting across from uh, Jordan at this Panera Bread, which I almost actually didn't show up. He had to text me and remind me. I did. I knew. I was like, I, I, I sent him a text like that morning and I was like, see you, see you then. And then like I sent him a text, like I think maybe 20 minutes before we met up. I was like, hey, remember it's at this location. Yeah, it was so funny too. Cause I was like, I really almost forgot. So we show up at this Panera Bread and we're sitting at the table and we start talking 
And he asked me some very generic questions. Oh, how's the weather? How are you feeling? You know, all this stuff. And it's just small talk for maybe two or three minutes. It's not very long. And then I just see him. He puts his like sandwich down. He kind of leans forward a little bit. He's like, all right, where are you at with your faith? And at this point, I'm just like, bro, like, okay, here we go. You know, we're getting into this conversation. And he's just like, <laughs> ask questions, man. Like, what questions do you have? And so I started asking him, you know, like, uh, I think the first question was, you know, is the Bible real? Like, when was the Bible written? Like, give me some information about that. And so he started telling me about how the Bible was written over thousands of years, how it tells a complete story. We've used science to actually date these texts, right? So it's not something that we've just made up or, uh, you know, we found some text or somebody wrote in like the 1500s. These are ancient texts that we have discovered and dated with science, right? And so that right there was like a, a, a click in my head that pushed me a little bit further uh, towards salvation. Then I asked him about Jesus Christ. I said, okay, was Jesus Christ a, a real man? You know, and he's like, yeah, dude, absolutely. He's like, nobody disputes that. Like everybody agrees that Jesus Christ was a man that walked the earth, right? But people dispute whether he was who he said he was, God, right? Or was he just a crazy guy who was making all these crazy claims? And uh, that was where, we got into the conversation about his resurrection, right? Because Jordan, he said, if you can believe his resurrection, you can believe him, right? And so that's what we started doing. He started going through different scenarios uh, of why Jesus wouldn't have been in the tomb, right? And we talked about, uh, you know, maybe the Romans took him, which didn't make any sense, right? Because when we look at the lives of the disciples and what they suffered and died, uh, proclaiming, it doesn't make sense that they would do that for a lie, right? And then it was the same. same plus, thing. if you're the Romans, you want to show the body, go look, he's still dead. He was liar. Right, exactly. The Roman. Right? I mean, that's what I mean. That's why it's funny as a doc. People go, how can you be a doctor and believe this hocus pocus? I'm like, well, look at the first of all, look at the science. Look at. Yeah. And for me, the thing that like what you're saying too is like, I, I go, okay. If I'm writing a book about my life, I'm going to be the hero of the story. And all these guys right. wrote that they were like had doubts and they were freaking out and they lost their faith and all these things happen. And, you know, three and you started going, OK, I wouldn't have written it that way. I would have been glorified in this thing. And then <laughs> and then the other thing was like all these guys went to their death and they all died. Right. You know, because of what they believe. And you go, OK, if I know this is a lie, I'm not going to give up my life for that. I'm going to find some. I'll go fish and do something different. Right. Totally. One person, at least one of them would have fessed up, right? Like you would have think if, if it was all a lie, at least one of them would have came out and been like, oh, you know, like, but nobody did. Right. And so it was like, it was so amazing. It was like at this moment, like I realized that the most illogical like thing was the most logical that Jesus Christ resurrected from the tomb. And resurrected from the dead and walked out of the tomb and it was like in that moment like a gear like it just shifted in my head and like the veil was like lifted and everything like i like flew back like i felt the holy spirit come into me and i flew back and it was like pushed out everything that i had been carrying all the weight the depression the anger the sadness the shame just literally like i felt it fly out the back of me because and the holy spirit punched through me and you can <laughs> ask Jordan, like physically in front of him i like went back in my chair and i started shaking and crying and i was sweating and i'm like jordan what is happening to me what is happening to me it's all real i believe it it's all real everything he said was true and 
he's like, that's the Holy Spirit, man. And he like jumps up and he starts like, I mean, we're in the middle of a Panera bread. There's people around us eating sandwiches, having lunch with their friends and family. And him and I are literally like screaming at the top of our lungs that the Holy Spirit has just come into my life and transformed me completely in an instant. Like it just was so fast and so dramatic and it was nothing that I did. Right. Like that's, that's what's so crazy about it is like, I never thought that, like, I didn't see that truth before I was a Christian, that the change that occurs is not from our own doing, but from what Jesus Christ does in our heart. Right. It's like that changes him. It's the grace that changes us. It's not our own will to want to do better. And like in that moment, I knew that and I believed it and I trusted in the gospel and it completely transformed my life. Like in an instant, I knew, I knew I was changed. And I know like some people doubted me and they thought maybe it was just a phase, you know, I had this like really cool realization. It was going to last for a few weeks and I'd end up back in the same position, but it, that's not what happened. Right. Because when like in that moment I repented, I, I turned towards Jesus now. So it's like, I, I like, I can't ever turn away from him at this point. Like there's no way in my heart that I could ever walk back on my faith because I know the truth. I've tasted it and I've experienced the, the, the transformation, the new creation that I am now because of him. There's like, there's no way that I would ever be able to uh, deny Jesus Christ now, which is such a beautiful thing because that was something that I had prayed for when I was a teenager. Uh, I was standing alone one, one day uh, in a church and everybody was gone. And I remember praying to God and asking him, God, if you're real, give me something, give me something I can't deny. Like I need something like, please, I want to believe in you so much. And like 10 years later, 10 years later, he put me in front of Jordan Hill and like he gave me an experience that like I can't deny. He gave me a person that I trust that could see the difference, the change in me, BC Chris and and after mm-hmm. Christ Chris, right? And then I had this group of friends that like saw this change in me and like helped validate that that faith that I now had, right? And helped me realize that like what I experienced was true and real, and it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. So that's that's the day i was saved <laughs> yeah it, it was pretty it really was pretty amazing right just to see like you know sitting across from him and it was like a it was almost like a puzzle piece just like kind of clicked and it was like oh because that was big i was chris's biggest thing was like that jesus was just this kind of mythical figure and and i really do believe this of like you have to do something with the person of jesus of nazareth like there is no disputing that he existed. I mean, even uh, Bart Aram, a, a, an atheist who he wrote a book on like the historical Jesus to try to basically help his atheistic friends of like, stop saying he didn't exist. Uh, now he doesn't believe, but like you then have to say, okay, you got to then say, is this guy existed? So you got to do something with him. And when he and I were talking and just kind of clicked for him, then I was like, I just remember, cause this would click for me. It was like, if this is true, then then what he says is true that all of my sins past present and future my future what the future the things i haven't even jacked up yet that those have been paid for and that everything then completely changes with my with how god views me and then now he says 
if you really want the most fulfilling life ever, John 10, 10 says, I came so that you can have life and have life abundantly. That abundant life that we kind of all, I think, are striving for just looks like what he did. And so then just following him. Uh, and he did, I mean, 100%, I can confirm that. I mean, Chris was just weeping and he's just like, what is going on with me? But it was so cool because I just saw too, just this like hardened heart that was just angry at the world, that was mad at every everything around him and he just kind of become numb if i'm honest um just get softened in a moment and it was like all these tears just started flowing and yeah it was it was really great in that moment and then chris mentioned it too i think it's a good picture for all of us of like that it, you mentioned it earlier too brian of just like how guys are, are alone and loneliness is just a huge epidemic in this world is that, you know, God gives us a church community because he wants us like we're, we are communal people. That's how we're made. And so then to get around other people, because I think one of the things I shared with Chris was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a finished product yet. I'm not perfect. I still have things I struggle with and I've got to continue to just go before the Lord and ask him to improve these things, to uproot anger in me uproot insecurity in me and then i got brothers that i can sit there who i can share that with and they can encourage me and help walk with me too and he got to experience that and i i so want that for almost everybody i mean you cannot go through this life alone it's not how we're wired and it's so sad that so many of people are experiencing that today okay you guys i hope you're enjoying this episode i got blown away by it I thought it was very, very encouraging. But one difference between life's best medicine and Scent 315 is ours goes about 30 minutes. His goes over an hour. <laughs> so if you want to listen to the rest of the story, you can just uh, click on the email we sent you, or you can just, where you're listening to on Spotify or Google or iTunes, look up Life's Best Medicine, and it's the episode with Chris and Jordan. Go listen to the rest of it and enjoy it.